if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. One of the biggest lies that so many leaders in healthcare get tricked into believing is the concept of being self-made, to be successful, to make a difference. That is why having a coach is not something nice, but it's actually essential if you want to live life on your terms. Yeah, you can figure it out on your own, but the question comes to this, how long do you want it to take? So today I am bringing to the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast, the man behind my curtain, you could say, my coach who also coaches the best leaders, innovators, and philanthropists in healthcare, professional athletes, innovators from the entrepreneur space who are just getting started, also entrepreneurs who are making multi-million dollars a year, well-established in influencing the world. He is so good that he was named the Tony Robbins Coach of the Year in 2021. And for those of you who don't know who Tony Robbins is, let me give you just a small dose of his impact. First up, I wanna be real clear. Tony Robbins is not a motivational speaker. Although getting the best people in the world at what they do to take their lives to the next level can be pretty motivating. Tony Robbins, to set the record straight, is known as the CEO whisperer. He is a multiple New York Times bestselling author, has empowered 50 million people from over 100 countries worldwide through his audio programs, educational videos, and live seminars. He has coached four presidents of the United States, top entertainers that you may have heard of, like Aerosmith, Green Day, Usher, Pitbull, professional sports teams and athletes like Serena Williams, Conor McGregor, and the NBA's Golden State Warriors. His biggest partner in one of the programs that you might have heard of is Feeding America, because he personally has provided over, get this, 850 million meals in just the last seven years. He's on pace to exceed 1 billion meals by 2025. He is the first person to coin business and life coaching. He is literally the person where coaching came from because he's been doing it for over 45 years. Now, that's Tony Robbins. He has multiple companies. I think he owns over 100, doing billions a year in revenue. But in his company, he goes back to where he started. And part of his company is Tony Robbins Results Coaching which is specifically training others to carry out his message. And in that company of coaching, there are only 2% of those who apply who end up getting hired. And of those few, this guy that you're about to meet was coach of the year, literally best of the best of the best from the guy that set the standard for the rest. So, oh, I'm gonna breathe now. <laughs> With all that said, to set the stage, I am so honored to welcome to the Fit Pharmacist Healthcare Podcast, Coach Daniel Eisenbarth. Welcome, my man. Thank you so much. Uh, I would love a copy of the recording of the very beginning of that so I can like introduce myself at restaurants like that. Probably the best introduction I've ever had, but thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to do this with you. Happy to be the hype man, bro. <laughs> so I want to jump right in and, and I want to tell you guys, uh, you are in for a treat because we are going to be sharing 
solutions to some of the biggest barriers that you face in healthcare. And I'm not saying this just to like assume, I'm saying this because it's the facts. This guy has trained some of the best in the world. And what we're gonna be doing is sharing the biggest tips and strategies that are simple and you can put into practice in real time while you're listening or watching to this interview, this conversation, so you can take your life, life to the next level. This is not hyperbole, this stuff works. So the thing I wanna to set the stage with first that, that I really want to make sure everyone's on the same page with is that if you are alive, you know that there is a lot of, there's a lot of issues going on in the world. There's a lot of hatred. The media loves to lead you to believe that we're all so different. We're all so against each other, that we have less in common than we really do. But the fact is that there are more similarities than dissimilarities. And that truth allows us to learn from each other and help one another because we're all trying to do the same thing, just in different ways. We all wanna live happy and fulfilling lives. And despite the specifics, there are things that keep us back from that are our fears, our failures, things that have happened in our lives, our limitations. And when you look at the mind, what the mind believes you will achieve. So while the fears can be different of fear of failure, fear of abandonment and on and on, imposter syndrome, every single fear that is out there distills down to two main fears. These two fears, every single person has. I have them, you have them. It's just whether or not you are acting and focusing on them. And those two fears are that we're not enough and that we won't be loved. Now, the reason I bring that to all y'all's attention is if you're paying attention, you know that that's exactly true. And I'm not saying this to judge you or make you feel bad. I'm saying it to encourage you because we literally have one of the best coaches in the world with us today who's going to share how he coaches some of the best and most influential people in the world on how to overcome these. So what I wanna really ask you, Daniel, is that's, that's the big thing, is these, these main fears that people have, that they're not lovable and they are not enough to do whatever they wanna do. So because you've coached so many highly successful people who are driven, our audience here, healthcare leaders who are tuning in, they want to live life at the highest level. They are overachievers, as, as you well know. So when it comes to these biggest fears, when it comes to helping people overcome the biggest barriers in their lives, how do you coach them to become the best version of themselves so that they can actually live life on their terms rather than just dreaming about it or talking about it? Such an excellent question. Very loaded too. So everyone bear with me here. Is uh, there's, it's funny that there's two, right? Like you mentioned it so well, like uh, not being enough, fear of that, not being enough, and then not being loved, which not being enough means is really our way of saying like, we're not going to be loved because we're not enough. Yeah. So in a way, they're almost like married together. And the solution is actually twofold as well. Because uh, Tony, he teaches something called six human needs psychology and something that I do with my clients. We focus heavily, as you know, Adam, on six human needs psychology. And when we think about living life on our terms, what, is, what does that even mean? Like, and we wanna make sure that we define them. It's something I work with my clients very personally with. And 
it comes down to two specific psychological needs we have as human beings, and it's to grow and to contribute. And we've talked about this before. Suffering is always of the self. So when I'm coaching a client, it's all the time about them. I'm not enough. I'm not loved. Me, 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 me. And especially nowadays, as you mentioned with society, it's it's getting us in this habit, in this pattern of constantly looking at ourselves that we're not good enough. We've got to do this now. We've got to do that now. We have to get this degree. We have to study that course. And we have to go then find a job. And at the end of it, we go, but why? Why is this so like? And that's why there's so many people in the educational world that have gotten a degree of some sort or multiple and they don't even use it. And that's not to, to bash anyone in that's going the route of academia, nothing against that. But it comes down to, are you intentional with those two things to what does growing look like for you? And how do you want to contribute? How do you want to give back to the world, to the planet, even if it's just your family? But we yeah. all have that burning desire to do that. And the first thing that we have to do in coaching is help our clients get off of all the circumstances because there's too many of those. We can't we can't fight all those demons at once. But to focus on just keeping it simple, like what does growing mean to you and what does contributing mean to you? That's so key. And I think with everyone listening, I'd say over 90% of the people here are in healthcare, pharmacist, nurse, physician, all, all the awesome people. So while the, the, the reasons are varied and multiple, the core reason is I want to help other people. So that's why we're here. But oftentimes we get trapped in that lens of comparison. We get trapped in that, am I doing enough? Uh, what's my next certification? How do I stand out? There's so much competition. And, and when we have that focus, like you said, on us and how we stack up, we can get lost away from the core reason why we got into it in the first place of making a difference in others' lives. And, and this is something that Tony says all the time, and I repeat it in pretty much all my media. The secret to living is giving. So whatever you want to receive, whatever you want to live, become that and give that. And by giving that to others, you end up getting it back tenfold. Mm -hmm. So while that, that sounds great, and at first, so some people, they might you know hear a course, they might go through something, and they get this momentum, right? They like, okay, I've got this, it's all great. But then something called life happens and, <laughs> and rattles us, it knocks us off kilter. And then we get shifted back into our survival mode of head down, stay focused, do, 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 check off the list, right? We, we become human doings instead of human beings. So what I'd like to invite you to share is, I'm sure people are nodding their heads, they're like, wow, he's reading my mind. <laughs> because <laughs> we all fall into this, right? Like if we're being honest. So what are some simple tips that you can provide for how to take back control, how to take back focus away from things like imposter syndrome, away from things like the comparison trap, about feeling like we're so far behind that we were too late to the game? How could we ever do this when everyone else already did it? I'm too late. It's too competitive. Why even try? I'll just do more things and maybe then I'll be positioned to stand out and maybe then it'll happen. So what are some things you can help people to take back control, take back focus so that they don't leave their life up the chance, but they get super intentional on making their life instead of a cycle of overwhelming anxiety? 
That's a great question. And I'm going to assume since the majority of your audience is like pharmacists, I'm going to kind of filter it that way. But there's some things in here you could do in a if just a normal human being's life as well for a normal goal or whatever that might be just for all people who are listening. The thing that we're talking about here is clarity, because like when we're looking at focus, focus, the thing is, is that there's three things that demand our focus in the absence of a plan. And we've talked about this. And the first thing is an immediate pain. And the immediate pain is like, they're telling you, you got to get this done, get this done, get this done, get this done. Or you want to start working out and lose weight. But the immediate pain of when you get up, you feel that cold air and like, oh, man, I'm feeling some pain on my skin. It's 4 a.m. I don't want to do the run, which leads us to the second thing that demands our focus, which is immediate pleasure. So instead of getting up for the run, you look back to your sheets and think, man, they look soft. And so you go for the immediate pleasure. Or if we're at work, we're just reacting to like taking out all these fires that are just constantly popping up. And the immediate pleasure is to burn out the fire. So, okay, I'll just do this. I'll do this. I'll do this. Versus getting back to the innovation of what brought us in there in the first place. And the third thing that demands our focus is other people's demands. Mm. This definitely happens at work. We become basically like robots just responding to everything that everyone else is putting on us that we forgot about the thing that got us there. And then we think we need a career change because we're overwhelmed and we're burnt out. So oh, yeah. to get back to the question you're asking about clarity, it's like, so how do, how do we break that? How do we break that cycle? We have to first, as simple as this may sound, is define what we want and take the time and let me reframe that. Invest the time into figuring out what we want, not what we need to do. The, the, the how of how to do something will come no matter what. And that list, that to-do list, that they, all of us have done this, where you're making your to-do list and like it just is endless. It just never stops. Oh, that's but only you, dude. No, that's only you. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> just, just me, just me. And I'm just the crazy one here. And so the, but that's also getting so stuck in the how all the time. Like I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to do this. And listen to that language. I need to, I need to, I need to do, be a human doing. But if we want to be, we have to define what human being is for us. Something I've heard Tony say is that you don't get your goal. You get who you are. And goals are not about the goal themselves. It's about who we become in the process of the goal. You, you don't want to get married. Well, yes, you do want to get married, maybe. But it's the, it's the man or woman you're going to define yourself as once you are married. You don't want to become a pharmacist. It's the man or woman you define yourself once you are indeed a pharmacist. What that means for you, that you're no longer a student, you're a graduate, you're a pharmacist, you're a doctor, for Christ's sake. And so all of that is like empowering. But when it comes to like, let's say like just keeping in the scope of how do we get clear on like what it is that we want? There's a book that's amazing that I've learned this from um, is the author is Jay Niblick and the book is called What's Your Genius? And this is a, maybe a tool that all, anyone who's listening can use in the pharmacy world as well, or any industry for that matter. I'd give this to a lot of clients because I used it to help myself figure out if I wanted to even be a coach. And he said, instead of changing yourself to fit the role, which a lot of us do, right? We start adapting to making sure we fit like a pharmacist now change the role to fit you. Ooh. Now that's kind of like crazy. It's like, well, how I can't, I can't change the job description. So how do I change the role? And I learned this when I was, I was running gyms, as you know, Adam, but for your audience, I was, I was running gyms in San Diego for countless years. And um, I realized that I was no longer really a manager. I hated the managing part. I was just putting out fires, burning myself out. 
I thought, I'm a coach. That's what I am. And my, even my team started calling me coach. And that's where Coach Ironbeard first came from. That's my last name translation, by the way, just side note. And so by changing that, I started changing how I focused on my business. And I was coaching, developing my managers around me to run the gym. And then I got all the credit for being a great manager, but I changed the role to fit me because I was more a coach. Now, so the question is like, well, how do I find my gifts? Because you mentioned that, your gift, like giving like in your own way. There's three things that I invite everybody to do. And I do, I do this with countless clients. Is first, you write out a list. What is everything you're really good at? Mm-hmm. And like, obviously, we want to keep it relevant to what the subject is. So it's like, if you're really great at fishing, fantastic. But if you don't want to be a commercial fisherman, maybe leave that out. Like, keep it to- rele- relevant to your career, your occupation. What's everything you're really, really good at? And for me, I was great at sales. I was great at um, training and developing. I was great with communication, et cetera, et cetera. Now, then the next list is just because you're good at something doesn't mean you enjoy it. And that was that was a great example for me. I hated sales. I got burnt out from it. I, I didn't have that motor just every month, start new, start new, start new. It just, it, it wore me out. And yeah. so although I was great at it, what I enjoyed was training and development. What I enjoyed was business acumen, business development, reviewing a PL, helping scale a business. And by the way, just because you enjoy something doesn't mean you're good at it too. It might be something you have to develop. Coaching was not something I was good at at that time. I thought I was, but I was more talking at people and regurgitating every nice little bumper sticker phrase I saw on the internet and making it my own because I'm so smart. So first we got good at, then what do I enjoy doing? Then the last thing is what am I willing and wanting to learn? Because in every, we talk about that piece growth. So in any business that you're in, if you're not, if you're not growing, you're dying. It's true in relationships. Mm-hmm. If it's not growing, it's dying. If you as a human, your soul, if it isn't growing, it's dying. And so we want to make sure that we are always focusing on like, okay, well, how can I keep growing? And there's a little bit of a side, like, spinoff. I'll go on this, but it is relevant. There's three reasons and three reasons only employees will leave an employer or even an industry. The first reason people guess is finances, but that's actually not the first reason. The first reason is recognition. They don't feel like they're being recognized enough for the work that they do. And especially with like the Gen Z, the millennial um, group, we, we very much as a, as a, I'm part of the millennial group myself, so I'll speak up on my own terms here um, just to not talk for other people. We definitely want the recognition because we were told at a young adolescent age that we could be anything we want. And so we want to hear that good job. We want to hear it. Yes. And especially going back to like not being enough. So we want that recognition piece is higher than it's ever been. This is something to know if you are a leader in your industry too, if you're like a manager, if you have a team or a crew underneath you. So know that, that People want recognition. Number two is growth. Again, that thing, that G word keeps coming back. And it basically means if I don't see a career path, if I don't see myself being able to build, whether it is financial or just myself as a human or my, uh, my intellect, um, my ability to give, if I don't have that as a track record, this is a dead end job. That's what people mean by that. The last thing is finances. And anyone who wants to debate that, that finances is number one, ask a teacher and come back to me because they don't get oh. paid jack, but they do it because they love it, at least most of them nowadays. And so coming back to 
the willing and wanting to learn, when we have those three columns, then we think, okay, like, so what is like, what's the persona of that? What's the, what's the role of these three things? What I'm good at, what I'm willing and wanting to learn, and also like what I enjoy doing. And I started writing these things out, like, okay, like somewhat of a manager, but also like coach came in there for the first time. That's when it became kind of real for me. Yes. But defining your own role, and it doesn't mean you have to completely change your career, but what would happen if you start showing up like that person? I'm going to turn it back to you because I gave a lot just now. So do, does that answer your, your question? Absolutely. And I want to contextualize that so that I'm, I'm sure when everyone's hearing that, you're like, oh, that makes sense. Well, let me just really make sure it's dialed in. Uh, the great resignation, which has been going on, or, or just even before or now in today's day, y'all have heard and seen, especially on like social media, pharmacists saying like, I quit, I can't take it anymore, this and that. And, and, and if you look at the reason why people give, it's that oftentimes I bust my butt, I give everything I have, and all they do is ask for more. There's no like, there's no vertical growth. It's you stay here or you go to another pharmacy. And they're not paying me for the extra time that I'm going. Now, that's literally the 99% of reasons. I know some people have health things, they've got family, all that other stuff. But if you look at the most common reasons that you see pharmacists quitting, leaving jobs, that is the reason. And to make it personal, if you're a pharmacist, you probably have technicians. You probably have a staff to work with, manage, or interprofessional collaboration with nurses, physicians, occupational therapists, all those other amazing individuals. And when the breakdown happens, the problems stem from a lack of communication, either misinterpretation, they don't tell you what they're feeling. Uh, they're too scared to tell you. Um, assumptions are made. It always comes down to a break in communication. That is the reason that leaders succeed and leaders fail. Now, why does communication break down? Oftentimes, it's because they feel undervalued, not heard, not seen, not recognized. So if the core to being a successful leader is communication and the number one reason that strengthens and or breaks that's down is recognition then all you really got to do is recognize it costs you nothing but becomes invaluable because if you've ever let me just go back to memory lane if you've ever worked in a pharmacy where all your texts call off do you know what that feels like Stress to the max. You've got to do everything that everyone's supposed to do. And we've all been through that. Now, if you can have a quality staff that you're able to keep, how much better would your quality of life be? Especially if you're pouring into and getting to know because you show them that you care what's important to them so that you can give them suggestions and give them growth into what's important, not just in the career, but in their personal lives. Maybe they're trying to get another degree, and you just so happen to have a neighbor or a friend who is in that business. Imagine how connected and appreciated your employee would feel if you connected them to help them grow what's most important to them. One of the most common questions I get is, Adam, how in the HE double hockey sticks did you work for corporate pharmacy full-time for over 10 years with a smile on your face? Everything Coach Daniel said is true, and I didn't realize this until, remember they say, hindsight's twenty twenty. Earlier, he talked about the role and identity that you play. 
The number one reason I have found that pharmacists stay in a job they hate is because their definition of who a pharmacist is, is working at a retail pharmacy for 40 hours a week plus. And they, if they break that definition, that identity, they will be lost. So what I did just, I didn't do this intentionally, but just over time, I started to realize what I was doing and why I was loving my job and career when so many other people were struggling. And it wasn't because I had it easy. I had call-offs, all the drama, all the stuff that you all post about on your inspiring Facebook groups. <laughs> I had all that stuff too. I didn't skate free and I was at a super busy store. I was doing over 600 scripts a day without overlap. True story. But what I did is I changed my identity. You probably have heard me use the phrase hope dealer. It's because I recognize that as a pharmacist, you have a perfect opportunity. You are perfectly positioned to impact people's lives because when people come into a pharmacy, they are not there to stop in and give you a high five on their health. They're there because their wife got admitted to the hospital. Their daughter just got hit by a car. They just got diagnosed with an illness that is overwhelming and they feel like, what am I going to do? So you're perfectly positioned at these moments in people's lives to give them something extra. Yes, counseling, medication info is important. That's part of the pharmacist. But what if you could give them something more? What if you could become a, not just a dope dealer, as they say, but a hope dealer? And when you set the identity, you set the intention. And when you do that, you show up in a different way. So over time, when I started to do this, when I started to pray for patients and check in on them and call them and, and see how they were doing with specific nuances and context, I am not exaggerating. When I left, I had patients come in my pharmacy every single day so that I could pray for them. They weren't picking up and while they're here, they came in, they just said, Adam, I got some news, I'm struggling, can you pray for me? This literally happened every single day because I made the decision to change my identity. And so what Coach Daniel's saying is when you do that, you show up in a different way and eventually your role starts to shift. So yes, I did quit in December of 2021, but I wasn't running from a burning building. It's because I changed my identity and realized what are the God-given gifts that I was given the responsibility to steward, grow, and develop, not for my own gain, but so that I can impact lives, steward that, and wield it to improve and give to other people. That's why I stepped out of the traditional pharmacist role that I enjoyed, but stepped into a more focused calling on how I can really use my gifts that, as Coach Daniel said, the three things, what you're good at, what you enjoy, and what you're willing and wanting to learn. So all that being said, from taking your brilliance and applying that specifically to pharmacy and, and sharing my story in hopes that this resonates with someone who is on the fence of leaving their, their quality of life is going down, they're dwindling, they hate their job, but they can't understand why they keep going back, all that sort of thing. Hopefully packaging in that way helps y'all so you can keep moving forward. And that might mean making a decision, which is a huge thing that people struggle with. And what I wanna invite you to speak on, because another fear, that I find pharmacists in particular, and especially pharmacy students face, is they know they have to make a big decision, but they don't want to make the wrong one. So 
this is being recorded December of 2022. So this will probably be coming out end of the year, coming into 2023. And it's a time of year, often when we reflect on what went right, what went wrong, basically. How was my year? And what do I want to change going forward? It's it's a great time of reflection. And how you choose to do that and what you choose to do with it can make the difference between inspiration forward and anxious overwhelm that puts you backward. So all that to be said, Coach Daniel, what are some strategies or insights that you can provide to people who maybe they do like where they are and they want to get better? Or maybe they want to make a change that they know they've been putting off for way too long, but they're scared of making the wrong change. How can you impart some of your your wisdom and knowledge in helping people to make a decision with confidence so that they can stand by their actions and follow through so that it, it it's put into practice fully? It's so amazing to use the word confidence with our decisions. The the funny thing is we we get in a way diluted with how many decisions we think we really have to make. But there's oh, yeah. really only three decisions that we make as human beings. And we're doing this either consciously or unconsciously. And the first decision we make is deciding what to feel based off what's coming to us, like based off the circumstance, the situation. So it's not the circumstance making you feel something. It's just you deciding, I'm not going to choose how to feel. So you're going to react to it, which is a decision because no decision is a decision. Or you consciously just saying, what does this mean to me? Like, what am I going to assign the meaning to this? So the first thing is deciding what to feel. And from what we feel then goes to the second decision, which is what to focus on. Hmm. Either we focus on, I'm going to make 2023 the best bleeping year ever. Or this always happens to me. Why is the inflation like, oh my gosh, like the gas prices. And now I have to like, all the texts quit blah, blah, blah. Like I ran out of milk and toilet paper in the same day. My life sucked, whatever it might be that we focus on. We we could decide to focus on those things or we could decide to focus on something else. And the last decision we make is what to do. But that's the funny thing is that's the first thing that everyone comes to us for. It's like, as coaches, like, what do I do? What do I need to do for this? And that's why Tony always like, the first thing he's focusing on is he's focusing on making sure that that feeling piece because order does matter feel focus do you got to make sure you feel good before you know what to do and what does that mean wait till you feel good and send like go back to bed no decide i'm going to feel good today it was funny we were talking about leadership right tony said that there's three specific mandates to leadership and adam we've worked on these like constantly and this is one of the reasons why you're so brilliant at what you do is, and I don't mean that as hyperbole or sugarcoat for your audience, but just why you're in the platform. I mean, like you've had the success you've had for the 10 years that you've done it, the experience you've had, et cetera. The first thing is your state, your emotional state. All leaders have effective emotional states. Now to define what an emotional state means, it doesn't mean there's sunshine and rainbows, positive thinking, let's skip in Mamby Pamby land. It's saying that no matter what the situation is, I'm going to decide how I feel. The world is burning. And because like as coaches, we're the ones who get the call of COVID happen. I have to fire 75 people. What do I do? Hmm. And in order for me to help this person, I have to, I could be like, oh my gosh, that's horrible. And now I'm, I'm, I'm absorbing their emotion versus being like, great. What do you want? 
because I have absolute certainty and confidence that you could figure this out. Maybe this is a gift for you, but you're only going to see it as a gift if you decide how to feel with your emotional state. So a state is moment to moment. It means that like, for example, if we say like Tony always says, live in a beautiful state. Is this your house, Adam, right now? Like where you are? Yep. This is my house too. So we live here, but are you always there? Mm. So we, just because you live in a beautiful state or a peak state, a confident, happy, like that's the dominant way that you feel, doesn't mean you spend your entire life there. Human beings are going to react. We're going to feel angry. We're going to feel stressed. We're going to feel overwhelmed. The key is to not stay there, to choose like, you know, what? I'm going to allow myself to react for 90 seconds and get right back. And this is a real thing that we coach on all the time. Yeah. Because you're not going to figure out what it is that you want to do or just being very effective with your decision making. If you're sitting in a state of overwhelmed stress, anxiety, fear, you're going to instead like kind of do one of those, excuse my language, oh shit decisions. And that's what you're going to get. Yep. So after the state, that leads to the next mandate of leadership, which is your story. And you could have the story of everyone quits, everyone hates me. Or, oh my gosh, I have so many effing customers. Am I ever going to have a nice day? That maybe is your story. And Tony always says, change your story, change your life. Mm. You, Adam, using the example you had, had possibly a new, not possibly, you did have a different story. Maybe instead of like, oh my gosh, I have so much to do. It's look at all these people that need my help. That I get to help. Look at the place I'm in to help and pray over these people. That's a beautiful, that's a way better and more effective story, which leads to a more fulfilling day. And the more fulfilling days that we have consistently, the more fulfilling life we define it as, which leads to the last thing, which is then the strategy. So the thing is, we can't figure out the strategy first unless we first change the state, which leads to a better story, which leads to a better strategy. And what I can give is maybe some quick things, because obviously, Adam, you and I work a lot more deeper on these things, but just some quick things to do all three. And again, remember, order does matter, folks. So if you're going to just like do the strategy, screw that man, like that emotion stuff. Here's the thing. For anyone who claims they're not emotional, you're already lying. Mm. Yes. Speak into that yeah. more because, yeah, that is so, so true. People blow through mindset. I don't need that. Just tell me what to do. I don't care about that touchy-feely stuff. Speak into that, man. You're <laughs> Yeah. I run into this so often with people that I meet. So please continue. Yeah, because saying I, I, you know, I don't, I'm not an emotional person. It's like, okay, then you're a robot or you're dead. Because humans have, emo- even dogs have emotions and horses <laughs> have emotions. You could feel it in that. That's why anyone who has ever been around a horse, you look at a horse in the eye and you're like, am I looking at a soul here? And it, it's, it, it trips you out or a dog. Like they'll, they're, they know you're leaving and they just somehow like lay on you a little bit more like, you want to see if that's something that doesn't really have, like, doesn't give an F, a cat. They don't have <laughs> That's, and it, it, I'm, I'm going to play with people who are, like, more like cat people. I don't mean that to be offensive anyway. But as a human being, you do have emotion. You can look outside and see precipitation falling from the sky, and you're going to assign a meaning to it. That's emotion. And the thing is, with your emotion, if, if the people who are most effective in life, the Serena Williams the Michael Jordans, the Steph Currys, the LeBron James, the Usher, the Pitbull, the et cetera, et cetera. Keep running this list on and on. They have great emotional intelligence. They know how to control it. 
Some of them are more playful. Like Steph Curry looks like he's playing on a playground every stinking game. That's why people hate him. Because he's just yep. like throwing it up there and laughing at you. Like he's hitting it from half court and you're trying to defend him from half court. Or Serena Williams, she seems very stoic the whole time. That's emotional control. Whereas I'm sure some that are tennis fans have seen that tennis player that slams a racket and some or the baseball player that slams it. Those are people who lost control of their emotions. So the first thing is tell the truth. Tell the truth. You do have emotion. So if you do have emotion, control it. Now, how's, how can we do that? There's some simple things you could do. Like anyone here who's ever worked out, Adam, you could probably speak to this. If you work out regularly, how do you feel when you're done? Oh, I've, I've definitely emptied the tank, but I've conditioned myself to assign the meaning of being spent to being filled. Great. And Over so, 18 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like you, you whoop your behind, basically, but there's a sense oh, of accomplishment. Yeah. There's a dopamine hit. There's So naturally, the first thing to change our emotional state, it starts with our physiology, the way our body is moving. Tony always says emotion is created by motion. And what that basically means, anyone who has ever been sad or depressed or not feeling enough since we started with that today, can you picture yourself and do this now anyone who's listening please almost like close your eyes and just picture yourself when you don't feel good enough what is your facial expression how's your posture are you are you standing up straight probably not are you are you sitting standing how's your breathing and the only reason that all of you could probably say like no i'm I'm probably more like droop more frowning like i'm I'm more down i don't look up i look to the ground I i may not even be breathing at all at that point and the only reason why we all know that is because we've done it before. So the emotion that you have, it's physical. That's why when you're depressed, it feels physical. Happiness feels physical. Butterflies in your stomach. Whether you're excited about going on that roller coaster or you just, your crush gave you that special look because the meaning that you assign to it. It's not the kiss because if it was the kiss, then you'd get excited if your dog kissed you. Mm-hmm. It's the meaning we assign to it, but it's that the point of that, if it's physical, if we know that emotion is physical, start by changing your physiology. That's why at our events, we have people like clap, jump up and down, say yes, really with like some projection in their voice. You can tell in a speaker when they're having a, they're, they're more here, it, it feels more nervous about what they're saying. But when they're projecting their voice, they seem confident. And this is something I'll literally do here on camera. Confidence isn't something you get. It's not something you receive. It's something you do. You have to do confidence. So when it comes to physiology, the fastest way to do it, the simplest way to do it is start by breathing. I know that sounds really simple because you're going to already automatically breathe. Just like you're automatically going to feel emotions. You want to be intentional and feel your emotion. Be intentional with your breathing. And so something that we could do, let's say like you're, um, I'll give you two examples of how you can change your physiology rapidly and quickly. If you're in like, let's say a stressed or overwhelmed or fearful state, maybe to start, we don't want to amp that up because then that turns into anger. So instead it's a hand heart position. So what we do is we put your right hand over your heart like you're about to say the Pledge of Allegiance for anyone who still does that. Then you put your left hand over your right hand and you want to close your eyes. The reason why you want to close your eyes is because there's distractions everywhere. Maybe you don't like my Christmas tree or the you hate the chargers, whatever it could be. You're judging the, how my mustache looks because I should have shaved it off by now. But close your eyes so you're also deleting your own thoughts. You're just keeping yourself very centered. So as you're closing your eyes, 
you're breathing into your heart. Mm-hmm. And what that looks like is going in through the nose and then slowly out through the mouth. Now, when you're exhaling through the mouth, you're exhaling longer than you're inhaling. When you're inhaling, inhaling into your heart doesn't mean rising your chest. Imagine all the oxygen is going right here. Use your diaphragm as you're doing it and you hold for just two to four seconds, you decide. So let's do it, we'll do three together real quick. So ready, inhale through the nose. Hold, one, two, three, four. Exhale through the mouth. Two more, inhale through the nose. Hold, one, two, three, four. Exhale through the mouth. Inhale, last one, through the nose. Hold, one, two, three, four. Exhale through the mouth. Now, for everyone who did it, thank you for doing it. Maybe if you wanted to come back and do this, you just wanted to see what it's like for now. I invite you to answer this question to yourself is how do you feel in comparison to when you started to now? If you were clear, calm, focused, Breathing has the most effective impact to how we feel. It is the fastest way to change how we feel. Now, also rapidly changing your body posture. That's why I just, I went like this. This is a comforting position. If you think about when you're going to sleep. So what you're doing is you're bringing yourself back here to the self, to the soul, to the center, or to the source, whatever it is that you believe in. So that's how we do it calmly. Now, let's say we want to do it more rapidly. And this is where Tony has something called priming. And so what he does with priming is we're going arms above our head. We're bringing them down. And I'm only going to do 10 of these. Normally we do about 30 reps of these, but I'm going to just, just for time's sake, because I know they have still got the other two to cover for time's sake, let's just do this real rapidly. But what it goes is that we're going, everything's through the nose at this point. So we're going, so by the way, if you're going to do this with someone next, you might want to spread out in case some snot rockets come out or something like that. But we're just going to do 10. And what we're doing is we're pumping down as we do it. I know it seems silly, but this is how we're basically now we're trying, trying to focus on for those who maybe are more calm naturally, but they want to get more up is to speed up the energy. So go ahead and let, let's do this with me, Adam. Will, will you do this with me as well? So I'm not the only one that looks like a lunatic. Absolutely. And, and a, a quick disclaimer. I know uh, we all have doctorates here, but if you're driving, don't do this stuff. This is <laughs> So like, seriously, I'm, I've prepped for this. I'm interviewing Daniel, but I've already have a full page of notes from what you're saying. So if you see me looking down, I'm taking notes. This is so good. This is going to be something you want to re-listen to over and over again. So if you're driving, if you're going to class, commuting, definitely re-listen to this when you're home because I've practiced what he's about to preach and it is a game changer. So with that being said, please make sure to go back and listen to this, share it because this literally will change the game. So yeah, provided that you're home, getting some space and here we go. Yeah, so arms above our head. So you can do this sitting, you would just like sit like in a tall posture. You don't have to like over-exaggerate, but tall posture. And we're gonna, again, bring them down. Like we're trying to like bring energy into us, if you can imagine that. So, and then we're inhaling through the nose as we go up, we're exhaling through the nose as we come down, but it's all through the nose. So here's how it's gonna look just, and then we'll do it together. It's gonna go, something yeah. like that. We're gonna do so- 10 of those. Hands up like someone made a field goal and then clench fist, pull them down. Like you just made, you just made the goal and you say, yes. 
Yes, exactly. And we're going to finish on the 10th one. We're going to finish with a loud yes. And like, I do mean loud, but we're going to test just to see how you feel. Again, like if you want to like, oh, maybe this is weird. Just give it a try and see how you feel. We're just doing 10. Ready? So we're going to go ready and... And yes! Now, how you feel, Adam? I feel great. I know it feels kind of silly, but the point is, is that because we were moving more rapidly, our energy goes up. Your heart rate starts increasing. Excitement has a faster heart rate than peace. So the first thing to change our state is to change how we feel, change our physiology. Now, after we do that, there's also the sense of focus and beliefs that we have. And you could choose what to focus on because where focus goes, energy flows. So although you can acknowledge, it doesn't mean that we want to ignore the thoughts you have. If you have, it's like, okay, what am I focusing on right now? I'm focusing on how this person sucks. So, okay, what do I want to focus on? And the reason why that's better, and we want to ask that question after we've changed our physiology, because then we're going to feel better. So we're going to be more intentional with our thoughts. That's why it's so important. Because some people try to just jump to the focus bar. It's like, screw that breathing stuff. Let's just like do this. And there are more than one breathing techniques, by the way. You don't have to just do the two I gave. Those are just two quick ones. There's a whole book you can have just as a resource called And Breathe. I forgot who the author is, but it's called And Breathe. It looks like a white and blue cover. Um, great read, but it has a lot of different breathing techniques if you want to try something different. We'll have but that after- in the show notes. Perfect. So when it comes to the focus, it's like, okay, first what helps is to get it out of the noggin. So first writing out, what am I feeling? What am I focusing on? I'm focusing on, I'm pissed how that person didn't show up for work or how that customer talked to me or whatever it might be, how I'm in traffic right now. It's like, okay, that's what I'm focusing on right now. What could I focus on? What would I like to focus on? And then we just, we wanna start listing out what those focus could be. Like, well, I'd like to focus on just, you know, having a good day. I would like to focus on like, you know, killing it at work or helping my customers. And then we can follow that up with one more question of like, what needs to happen for me to do that? Notice because questions is really the way that we get, um, how we process thinking. We're doing internal dialogue inside by answering questions. Like this person's an idiot. Well, we came to that conclusion because we said, what is this person doing? Oh, they're an idiot. That's why they're doing that. And although that's not great, that's our unconscious mind. Yeah. After the focus, there was the language. So this is where it, it's really, it sounds so simple, but being very mindful of the words that you use to describe an experience. Yes. That becomes an experience. Three mm-hmm. people can be in traffic. One says, this is horrible. One says, this is inconvenient. The other person is like, I'm so excited. To, now I got the time to listen to that podcast that Adam told me to listen to. But they're all in the same traffic jam, but they're going to all go home and describe their day to their significant other very differently or on maybe on Facebook instead of. (laughs) And so the language you use, the words you use and using language that is more empowering. I don't know the exact numbers, but there's somewhere around 1200 different ways that you can describe a positive experience. But there's over 3000 ways to explain a negative experience. So our society has made us hardwired in the English language to describe things negatively. So be careful about the words you're using. You use all three of those, your physiology, your focus, and your language. That's how you first shift your state. 
Now, in that place, then it leads to our story. Now, how so the strategy for story, just to come back to that, first, it again helps write out what the story is. What is the story in your brain? So I did this when I was, again, um, I was a general manager of a 24-hour fitness in San Diego, and I was dead broke. I had acne all over my forehead, the size of boils. I, I was trying to be evicted. Car was repossessed from me. I couldn't afford groceries. So my story at the time was, this always happens to me. Life isn't meant for me. I'm not good enough for this. Like, I'm not lucky. And I started, like, when I started learning more about emotional scene, I started, like, deciding how I was going to feel working out again. I decided, like, well, what evidence is that true? How is that really, really true? And I thought, well, what, what, what could be a different story? How many, like, people do I look up to? And I don't know a single person I look up to that their life was perfect the whole time. And because I realized that that moment, like no one has ever had a perfect life. Even Jesus did have a perfect life. Yep. And he's the only perfect being we know in human history. For those <laughs> who believe. So it's like that being said, so no one has ever had a perfect life. So because of that, and you know, you're not, it's not going to be perfect. So, okay. How can this add to my story? And I changed the story to, excuse my language. I said, I'm a persistent motherfucker. I'm the kind of person who I'm, I'm built for this. I'm, I'm a soldier. Like I'm a soldier for God and he's grooming me. He's teaching me. And then it changed everything. So then I then looked at this from instead of a victim mindset that my life is horrible. I changed the story that I am training for whatever it is that's next. And the warrior in me came out. So after story, so first you, you write out your story just to get it out of your head. So like that way you're not like having it all bunched up in here. And then from a, then you're able to zoom out just a little bit, even if you don't change your exact state, but just by putting it down on paper, it will change the focus because it goes from up here to right here. I call taking a brain dump. Exactly. Or brain vomit or whatever you want to call it. And yeah. so then you rewrite, like, what's the story I want it to be? Because guess what? The book isn't done yet. Until you're dead, it's not done. So you have a lot more pages to write on. So choose what the next chapter is going to be. After you change your story, now we can talk about changing your strategy. Because if you have a great positive state and your story is, I'm a perseverant MFer, the strategy is like, okay, like, how do I get out of this? And we go back to defining, like, well, what is it that I want? Not what do I need to do? What do I want? And if we want to like summarize those categories, you can decide what you want with your physical body, your finances, your relationship, your career, your spirituality, et cetera, et cetera. But just like put it in buckets of like, I want this. This is, and I, we, we call this a uh, quality quantifier. If I were to take certain areas of my life and give them a scale one to 10, well, if you are able to create it a four out of 10 in finances, let's say, then what's a 10? You're able to then define what a 10 would look like for you. Mm. Then we create a plan based off that. Everything that we need to do based off that desire. See, what happens is our focus now becomes much more intentional to just a couple of things based off what I want versus the intangible amount of things that we're never going to get done from what everyone is giving to us, other people's demands, immediate pain and immediate pleasure on that running to-do list. That was a very long-winded way to answer that. The, I hope that gives some tools to like address the three mandates of leadership and how to really decide what you want and gaining that clarity. So I'll, I'll throw it back to you, Adam. Did I miss anything in uh, the description? 
No, absolutely. That was spot on. And, and I love that. Like I said, y'all are definitely going to want to go back, rewind, re-listen, hit pause, take notes. Th these are gems. And I'm going to just speak from experience. I used to do this. I used to say, you know, I don't have time. Screw the breathing, all this. Like, just tell me what to do. Like, literally, when, when we started a couple years ago, that's how it started. I was like, no, 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 no. I don't have time. I want to get to tell me what to do. Tell me what to do and I'll do it. Well, <laughs> that didn't work so well because it's all about not just what it's not. This is something I learned and, and it's one of my beliefs in life. It's not about how intense you can be. It's about how consistent you can be because consistency trumps intensity every day of the week. And the only thing that's going to break your consistency is you, the thing between your ears, your mindset, because if you're not in control of it, the world, the events, people throwing their monkeys on your back, that's going to derail you and shift your focus. And where focus goes, energy flows. And that is literally the secret that sounds so simple, but it is so simple that it actually works. So I, I really encourage and implore you, if, if you brush past this and say, oh, that's that, that mumbo jumbo, feely, touchy crap, like that's not for me. Let me ask you a question. If you're listening to this, and, and if you're honest with yourself, you're not where you want to be. And that's not to say you're bad, you, you, you're, you're not a driven person. It's just that none of us are where we want to be. Because if you say you're where you want to be, what you're saying is you've tapped into your full potential. And no human taps into it because it's unlimited. You're the only limit to that. So if you are consistently trying to improve and you keep doing the same things, Einstein said it best. If you do the same things and expect a different result, that's insanity. So I really invite you, if you skip through that and you're here now, I really encourage and invite you to, to rewind. And, and I want to ask you, are you willing to do something different to get a different result? And you might be saying, oh, I'm getting good results. Well, why not make them great? Or if you're getting great results, why not make them outstanding? Change your approach change your life. So if you've never tried this, or if you tried it before, you literally have one of the best coaches in the world telling you what he teaches professional athletes, multimillionaires, the top people in healthcare, that how to do it. So why not take advice from the successful because success leaves clues. Okay, no, I'm off my soapbox. I want to riff off that because Here's the thing that everyone should take note of. Just a disclaimer. This stuff isn't sexy. It's not like it's not the most shiny object thing. If you think, though, about Michael Jordan, he was able to do things that we've never seen before in the game of basketball because he mastered the fundamentals and the people who are most effective in the world have mastered and truly never let go of the fundamentals. You said something brilliant about intensity, and I'll, I'll, I'll add to that. It's not about your intensity in things. It's about your intentionality in the things, whatever the things are. And so if you're intentional, you'll know if you need to be intense. If you're intentional, you'll know if you need to slow it down a little bit. And like an example of that, you could be a irate father being intense, or you can be intentional and decide like, when it's time to be intense and deciding when is it time to be calm 
one of the most fearful moments I've ever had with my dad. He wasn't abusive. Just he's a great dad. Just just so we're all clear. Great dad. Great relationship with him. He's the one who kind of got me into my faith and also Tony Robbins as well. The scariest time I've ever remember of him. I was disrespectful to my mom. I was a very, you know, large, strong, um, mature five-year-old in my head. <laughs> and I mouthed off to my mother. First time I think I've ever done it, at least to my memory. And my mom was, she was intense. She was the intense one. She was ready to come unglued on me. And she, she, my dad's like, Hey, like he got in the middle and he's like, I got it. My mom, he's like, go like, I'll, I'll, I'll deal with this. So she goes in her room. She slams the door. So mad that like this little turd just talked to her like that. <laughs> I don't even know what I said. So I just remember this moment. My dad, he has got, at, for the record, he did at different times get mad and lose his temper and like that. But this was the moment that I, I still today would thought was the scariest. And I think every child to an extent has a little bit of a fear of dad because their dad and even their mom to an extent, like they have a, like a little bit of fear of mom. Like there's a, there's that masculine side that comes out of us. There's the feminine side that comes out of us. So he, he looked over and then he slowly turns to me. And again, I'm five. He takes a knee and he gets closer. And then he makes direct, like black eye, black part of the eye to the black part of the eye, eye contact, like just in my soul. And he's like, so you're going to go in your room and you're going to sit there until I go talk to your mom and figure out what she wants me to do about this. Because you just disrespected your mother. And the fourth commandment is thou shall um, honor thy mother and father. Christian family, just for everyone to know. And he said, then I'm going to add to it. Because this is where it got scary. Not only did you disrespect my mother or your mother, you disrespected my wife. And nobody does that. I went to my room. I think I was there for an hour and I, I was about to pee my pants, not because I had to pee, but like I, I've never been anxious <laughs> and scared in my life of my dad. And that's the point of that. That's the intentional intensity. So, but to, so to come back to all this is like, even if you're like, oh, I don't want to do all this. Give it a try. What's the worst that's going to happen if you're in your room by yourself? No one's going to see you. No one's going to hear you. And Adam, you said something so amazing about like, you know, doing something different. To go from high school to college, answer this. Did you do something different? And to go from college to graduate, did you have to do something different? To go from out of shape to in shape, did you have to do something different? To go from single to in a relationship, did you do something different in a relationship to engaged, engaged to married, to poor to wealthy, to not owning a house, to now having a house or a car. The truth of the matter is no matter what, change is inevitable, but progress is not. And the only way we get progress is by being intentional with what it is that we want to do and doing something different until we get the outcome that we're after. So I, I yeah. just want to riff off of that because what you said was so great. And uh, I thought that we could like capture that piece as well. But I'll send it back to you, obviously. No, that was spot on. Excellent, man. Thank you so much for, for doing that. I'm so glad that you did. And, and you reminded me of something too uh, that's so important is and every single person that is highly successful, regardless of how you define it, says the same thing. It's not the sexy things that get the results. It's, it's the boring. And, and I swear, this just came to me when I was praying the other day. Miracles are found in the mundane. Oftentimes, 
we think that we have to do these extreme things. We have to go out and make these huge sacrifices and all this stuff and do a 180 to turn our life around. But really what you just have to do is do what you know consistently. It's really that simple. And in fact, it's so simple that it works. And something that I learned the hard way and that I preach all the time, and whether it's with my coaching clients or on social media or podcasts, as we're about to do right now, is that all too often we, we have these problems. We have these challenges, however you want to frame it or define it. We have these things in our life that we can't figure out or we feel like we're coming up against the wall. And because they're so affecting our lives in a way we don't want, we label them as complex because there's lots of layers, lots of different dynamics. So because we have a complex problem, we therefore assume that the only way to break down a complex problem is a complex solution, a 10-year plan, 50 steps, all this stuff. But if you do that, it's so complex that you won't be able to do it. But when you simplify it, you'll actually be able to work the plan. And the question isn't, which plan is the best plan? The question is, which plan will you work? Because it's the plan that you work that will work the best. So the truth is, when you have a complex challenge or problem, the antidote is simplicity. Because if you're simple, if it's a straight line, do this one thing, go from here to there, you can see it. You can see it, there's the door. If you do that, you have clarity and clarity is power. But when you try to get intricate and fancy and sexy and all this stuff, it becomes complicated. And when things get complicated, you get confused. And when you confuse, you lose. So it literally is that simple. We just are so conditioned to complexity, saying things like hydrochlorothiazide and going from nothing to a doctorate, from a bachelor's to a doctorate of pharmacy or whatever your degree might be, and then going on and, and getting certifications and, and all this stuff to get more degrees in a thermometer to try to be someone and make an impact and be good enough because you feel like you have to have it all figured out in order to make a difference. It's really that you just have to make a difference with what you're given and steward that intentionally because all you have is all you need. And using all these strategies that Coach Daniel shared, I, 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 I swear, if you re-listen to this and take notes and then take the notes and put them into practice, watch your life change. Watch your life change. I'm saying this from experience and I'm sharing this. The reason I had him on here is because I want to share his gift with you all. And if anything that you've heard resonated and I Unless you fell asleep, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> or, or maybe your phone died and you didn't hear it no more. Your life's been changed as of this moment. You have knowledge, but knowledge without action is the same as not knowing. So I really implore and encourage you to take what you've learned, what you've heard, and apply it to your life. Because that's why you listen to this podcast. That's why you follow me. That's why you do all these things is because you know that you're meant for more. You're destined for more. You were put on this earth to make a difference. And you might be doing that, but you want to do it to a deeper degree. Because coming full circle to what Daniel said, it's all about growth and contribution. And the more you give, 
the more your quality of life expands. So I know this was like a, a mini seminar <laughs> and I <love laughs> like I got a full page of notes. So I, I know I got a lot from this, but seriously, this is one you want to listen to again and again and again. Um, so Coach Daniel, thank you so much for your time and, and for sharing your brilliance and your expertise. Um, what I do definitely want people to do is to connect with you on a deeper level, because if they heard this, there were some knowledge bombs. There were some things that kind of were, were convicting, not condemning, but convicting of, okay, I know I do this. I need to change it, but I'm not sure how. And blah, blah, blah. So what I'd like to, to give you in sharing is to, to pass the mic and really allow you to explain why having a coach is so essential. Not, not something that's nice, but we aren't here forever. Our time is limited and we don't know the expiration date. So yes, while you could go figure it out on your own, it comes back to the question I raised at the beginning of this podcast. How long do you want it to take? And do you want to compress decades of experience into days of implementation? So I want to invite you to share your, your philosophy of coaching, uh, why coaching is not something nice, but actually something essential, and, and how people can take what they learn and, and go deeper with you, how they can reach out, how they can connect, and really how they can get more into Daniel's world. Fantastic. And it's going back to fundamentals. As a coach, and maybe I seem biased at this point having a coach is part of the fundamentals. Like we, we saw these pillars and there's a reason why even as coaches, like when people come into Robbins research international, which is the company I work for, um, when they come to us, they don't just get a coach as you know, Adam, there, there's, there's things packaged together for it because we found all successful people. If we're going to talk about the fundamentals of what do they do to grow themselves every year, they're doing three things. And that's why Tony refers to these three things as the Robbins results system. And it's not that he coined it or invented it. It was what he, he was interviewing people who were successful in multiple areas of life. And he realized that they all had these patterns. And after working for, with over a hundred different countries, he always jokes, he's like, he'd have to be an idiot at this point to not recognize human beings do have patterns. There's patterns of sadness, there's patterns of success. And so when he looked at the patterns of success, the first thing all successful people do is they go to some type of event or seminar or program, if you will, to immerse themselves at least once a year. So that could be like uh, some people go to like Grant Cardone or Gary Vee or Russell Brunson or uh, Ray, Ray Dalio, uh, Keith Cunningham or Tony himself. We have our mega event, Unleash the Power Within, because we want to put people into a room where it's like shut off the world and get down to building yourself. Because if you think about like in school and academia, like you're always studying. You're always studying. The training never stops until it does. So what if we start treating our life like an actual business? We would never stop growing. And so when you shut yourself away, one, the network you get from that is unbelievable. And you are who you hang around. But when you shut yourself off for a couple, like for us, four days and four nights, nonstop, looking at ways to break through your limiting beliefs and your barriers, you're forced to go on a whole different level because you're around too many people are doing it and we're training you to do so as well. The average person, for example, comes to our events are like scale one to 10 on like passion and certainty and confidence. They're like a six. That's like our average based off what our statistics show. When they're done, they're up to a freaking 20 because then it's like day one, we're, we're making you walk on fire. Day one. Yeah. 
and you literally, no hyperbole, no exaggeration, no metaphor, walking on 2000 degrees, burning hot coals. But all successful people, it's not that they walk on fire, but they have an event that they're going. Because although college is not for everybody, education is. Because mm. you want to grow. Daniel Eisenbarth original on that one. So that's the first thing. You're immerse yourself at least once a year. And again, it doesn't have to be our event. Just pick something to keep growing. Then it's coaching. Having someone to see your blind spots every seven to 10 days. Because real estate, they say like, you know, location, location, location. Coaching is all about timing, timing, timing. Because momentum is the easiest thing to lose, but it's also the hardest thing to gain. What we are brought in to do, like if we think about what pharmacists are brought in to do, I want to go to a pharmacist to help me in my life. Why would I do that? Adam, you could probably answer like, why would I, as a normal citizen, want to come to a pharmacist or build a connection with a pharmacist to improve my life? What would I, what would be the reason? Expertise. They're looking for knowledge. They're looking for what's the easiest way to resolve this problem. And yeah, you know the answer. Yeah. Yeah. They're normally optimizing their health in some way. That's why they're coming to you because like you guys have the knowledge that most of us don't have in, in that field. And so we don't want to just go buy something over the counter or something like that. We're like, hey, like, can you tell me what this is even going to do? The side effects? What should I prepare for? What else can I supplement with it to make sure I'm taking care of myself? If people were to come to us as coaches, there's two re main reasons. One is they have no clarity. They've been doing stuff, but they've been busy, not productive. They want clarity on like what the next level is for them in their life. Maybe it's like they, they like their occupation or their career. But they just, they know there's more to them. They know their potential hasn't been tapped into yet. And after clarity, which is the hardest and the longest part of coaching, is yep. then the accountability piece. And so there's two things to note about that. Clarity, the reason why people aren't getting clear in their life is their psychology or their strategy, which is what we were just talking about this entire time. That's what we focus on constantly is making your psychology and your strategy is strong and at the optimal level. People always are talking about this whole mental health aspect, right? We aren't mentally healthy. We're mentally athletic. Our clients are mentally athletic. They're unbelievable. They're, we call this emotional fitness because then they're able to get clarity a lot faster, not just in their own goals, but getting clarity in a conversation. Like you ever have an argument that you have to win? What if you just like got clarity about what are we What's the purpose here? What's the outcome we are after in this conversation right now? It would change the way that you would show up moving forward. So we help clients get clarity. And that's through goal setting and things of that nature. Then we go to the accountability. Now, accountability, this is my personal definition, is if you think about what an accountant does, they track and measure things in order to like understand like what does that action relate to profit and loss for a business? And that's how you know we make P&Ls for a business. But to accountability means to track and measure the action you take in proportion to your potential. To track and measure the action you take in proportion to your potential. So again, when we said at the very beginning, the potential of any human being is unlimited and we decide what that potential is through our goals. So it's like, one, we're figuring out what the goal is. So I know then what am I tracking towards? And is the action even relevant to that? Successful people in the world know that a jar can't read its own label. That even us, even the best in the world, sometimes get distracted by the next exciting thing, including Tony. 
there's been several businesses he's really considered going into, but then he like had to go back to like asking him what are his goals, what are his outcomes and results he wants. And so what a coach helps you is staying grounded. What is the track that you need to be on? We know no matter what, you're going to drive your life. The question is, is it going to be off a cliff or is it going to be to the promised land? <laughs> we help you figure out what that direction is going to be. Think of us as your personal GPS. So you've immersed yourself to go to the next level every year. You have someone to hold you accountable weekly or every or bi-weekly, if you will, to just make sure you're constantly holding those new standards. And then lastly, is actually what this podcast does. Every successful person is feeding their mind with inspiration, motivation, or education every day for at least 30 minutes. And so that's where it could be like a book, an audio program. It could be a podcast per se or a course, but something to continuously, it could be scripture, but something to continuously groom the mind because you're going to get thoughts in here no matter what you do. So what we want instead is to make sure that those thoughts aren't negative by feeding it. Tony always says, weeds grow automatic, your flowers will not. You have to take care of nurture your garden. Even if we think about making something organic, an organic apple per se, you still have to plant it, pick the soil, make sure the soil is fertilized, water it, sunlight. Once it gets to a certain point of the stem, tie a rope with a stick around it so it grows straight, trim the branches so it grooms properly, it doesn't overgrow and fall over, so even though it's organic, there's still a process to it, meaning we have to make sure that we're intentional with what kind of growth is going to go or what kind of information goes up in here. So in our coaching philosophy, we believe we use the Robbins result system. And we the way that we execute that is through being masters of six human needs psychology, making sure people have a powerful emotional state to execute along with building extremely effective strategies. And that's why I can work with anyone worldwide. I don't have to know a lot about pharmacy or acting or your sport that you're playing. I just have to understand the goal and what it takes to get there. And that's where the client comes in. So we're not consultants, nor are we therapists. We're the person that helps you. If I was to give you a quick summary, we are the ones who are in the gap business because we close the gap from where you are to where you want to be as your living, breathing soundboard that just happens to be a master of psychology at the same time. So that's the first thing just with like, why is coaching so essential? Hearing, hearing that. People who are most successful want someone who is unbiased, not in your circle of influence, not a friend or family member that can tell them straight if you're being honest. And, or, and there's two ways that we tell it straight. And Adam can speak to this. One, you're not, you're dropping the freaking ball. Divorce the dang story, marry the truth that will set you free and you can make it happen. So that's one part of accountability. The other part is like, you're not being nice to yourself. Go have a beer, go have a coffee, have a donut for Christ's sake. Do something that reward yourself to you. And coaches, we make sure that it's not that you just accomplish that, but you enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Be a fun yeah. in the process. And this is something that I would, if you haven't heard it before, write it down, pause, pull over, write this down. If you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. And that's true with anything in life. Say that again. If you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong or said differently. When you are having fun, you're doing it right. And I heard that from a surfer once as well. Tony says that very often, but the surfer, there's a, I was trying to learn how to surf in San Diego and keyword is trying because I gave up <laughs> and I was, I realized I was afraid of sharks. So I just did, I just dropped it. And I asked, like, how do you know, like, how can you pick out the best surfer? And he said, the best surfer is the one who's having the most fun. 
It's not the most skilled. It's the one out here who is truly having the most fun. And each day that could be different. And I thought, how true is that in life as well? So that's kind of more of like the philosophy of why is coaching so essential? You have someone weekly that you can literally text asking questions like, am I being too hard on myself? Am I being insane here? Is this the right process that I can jump on the phone and say, you know what? Like, this is what I'm thinking I need to do. Is this right? And they're going to be unbiased masters of psychology and masters of strategy that will guide you through that. They're not going to give you the answers. They'll help you find the answer, which is why you keep getting better and better and better every year. Same with athletes. Now to go back to like, so uh, the other question you said is like how to reach, how to reach me specifically. So I would say like, there's, there's a couple ways. If you, um, I'm not very big and popular on social media, but you can follow me on social media if you like to. I have a new account because I got hacked and couldn't figure out how to unhack the other one. And that's a little embarrassing for me. And I, so our, I actually have to look up my handle at this point, but it's uh, so Danny, Danny. Yeah. So D-A-N-N-Y underscore Danny Eisenbarth. Note, it is German. If it sounds German, E-I-S-E-N-B as a boy, A-R-T-H. And that's, and then there's another underscore. So Danny underscore Eisenbarth underscore. So you can follow me there. Or if you want to, if you're someone who's like, you know what, I really do want to learn more about like, is coaching right for me? Because true story, coaching isn't right for everyone because of how they decide it. Like Tony yeah. always says like, Hey, like in 40 plus years, he's never lost a suicide, but he always says, doesn't mean he never will because human will can overpower the technology that we have. So some people are so committed to their story that no, I'm not meant to be here. And then they take their own life, unfortunately. And so that's why coaching isn't for everyone, but it can benefit everyone. And we can coach anyone, anywhere, anytime. So if you want to, if you're someone who's like, Hey, I'd like to like learn more then you can just email me directly. And that's my first name. So Daniel.Eisenbarth at TonyRobbins.com. And do you want me to spell that out or are you going to like? No, no, I'll have all the, the links yeah. and email in the show notes so y'all can connect with them. Um, yeah. But you, you want to put in the subject of if you're going to email me directly, just like say, I want to learn more or um, Adam Adam's podcast, you can or Fit Pharmacist podcast. So you could put one of those three in the subject line. So I know. It's not just a spam email or something like that. I know, oh, okay, this is someone from there. And I'll without I'll just talk to you about what it is, what it isn't on the phone. And if you could decide for yourself if this is right for you or not. Awesome. 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 Well, my man, I think that you shared so much wisdom. And uh, I'll just hold this up just so y'all can see. That's all the notes I took from today. Uh, full page. Uh, I'll be listening to this again for sure. And I just want to close with this. It's something that Tony said that I heard for the first time years ago, and it's a truth of life. And it's this, in 30 years, you will arrive. The question is where? If you don't like the path you're on, or you want to go faster, more direct, you'd like a coach. It's probably the right thing for you. It is, but it, you know, <laughs> full disclaimer. <laughs> You, you want someone that guides you and has been where you're looking to go and can see your blind spots and help you do that. That's why I became a coach. My first business was helping people in their nutrition and their fitness, hence the fit pharmacist. It's evolved to a lot of different areas, but that's why I love coaching because it allows people to see the best in themselves, to keep going on the path that they were meant for, to break through the head trash, and to go through that so they can really arrive at that destination that they truly desire and deserve. 
And uh, I'm just honored for all of your insights through the years and, and your wisdom, Coach Daniel, for everything that you've done, that you've done, you continue to do and you contribute. Thank you so much for your time today. I know that this filled people's minds and notebooks with all of the practical things that they can put into practice right now. Because again, it's not about how much you know, it's about how much you do of what you do know. Otherwise, knowledge becomes misunderstanding. So with that being said, this is Dr. Adam Martin signing off with the one and only Tony Robbins Coach of the Year 2021, Daniel Eisenbart. Go forth, be great, and dispense your full potential. God bless. <music>